Good morning, fuckheads. It is 3.47 in the a.m. And I am rolling down the highway going into Edmonton. That's in Alberta, in Canada, in North America. That should have been kind of a given, but whatever. Uh, One of my skunkles is going for a surgery today. So I'm rolling into the city from home to be there with my little cousin. And uh, just driving down the highway. Got the memories flooding me. (coughs) So I'm in the truck. Not mine, the wife's truck, because mine is way too hard on fuel to take on the highway, apparently. So, I am going to give you guys a couple of stories about me and my friend, let's call him McQuagmire. We used to spend a lot, a lot, a lot of time together, like I did with most of my old buddies. Me and McQuagmire spent a lot of time traveling around in his old ba- his old tanks, his old beaters. Uh, when I first met him, he had a lot of little import cars then he got himself a 90's Chevy 1500 two wheel drive extended cab short box that was a nice truck and actually before that one he had I think it was a 77 Ford pickup F-150, that thing was rusted out, beat down, but man, I know that truck started on fire twice, and we got the fire put out, and fired it back up and kept going, like, (laughs) unstoppable, that old truck. So actually, I guess I'll start with a story about that old truck. Well, we had been out at one of the bars at home and went back to my place, my trailer, after the bar and drinking and drinking and drinking back at my place because that's what happened there was drinking and drugging. And about, I would say, probably... 3 4 o'clock in the morning so about the same time of the day as what it is right now that I am rolling into Edmonton we ha- we were having a conversation about tattoos and McQuagmire didn't have any tattoos and he wanted one so in our drunken state we decided that we were going to go climb into his truck that actually ended up being my truck at one point. Sorry, just lit a smoke. But, uh, 
decided we needed to go to Edmonton for him to get his first tattoo because I knew of a little place that used to be on White Ave called Zip's Tattoo. They're not there anymore. But we piled into that truck. Well, crawled, pretty much literally crawled ourselves out to this truck. Piled in about 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, something like that. And started heading for Edmonton. And this old truck was straight piped. She was loud as fuck. It was this kind of tealy aqua kind of blue color. Uh, oh, excuse me. I just burped. You had to listen to it. But we hit the highway, and I remember we're going down. And we start coming up beside this uh, big semi. And all we could hear coming off that semi was the turbo winding. And McQuagmire thought it would be funny to try and kind of mess with the trucker a little bit. So we'd pull up beside him and he'd tromp on it and put it to the floor. And that old truck would just fucking bark. Well, as the old truck's barking... He'd tromp on it, and that whistle coming off of his turbo would almost drown out <laughs> the, the sound of those pipes. i got to crack my window a second to let the smoke out of here. And we stopped and grabbed fuel about 45 minutes out of town. And we were just bullshitting away, drinking beers. And I passed out at some point during the trip. And the next morning, we both woke up almost exactly the same time in a little town. I won't say what little town it was. But we were in a UFA parking lot. I don't know if everybody knows what a UFA is, but... It's like a bulk gas station. It's like a big Husky bulk or SO bulk or Flying J for those of you down in the States. I know you've got them down there. And I didn't remember us leaving when I first woke up. I was really foggy. So was he. And it took us a second to remember where we were headed and what we were doing. We were just about how, well, we were about halfway to. Edmonton. So after chatting for a couple of minutes, we made the decision we were going to keep going to Edmonton. Well, we pulled into Edmonton. And uh, this old truck, the box was so rusted out on it that the sides would flap in the wind like wings. And there was a ratchet strap holding the the box together where the tailgate was. And that had kind of let loose. And we were at the intersection of the Anthony Henday and one of the highways. I don't remember which one. And we were headed for... The first place we wanted to go check was the West Edmonton Mall. So we're headed for there, 
and that ratchet strap let loose so that box was really really flapping and we stopped at that intersection and I hopped out and strapped it back down tightened it up again and off we went into the mall well McQuagmire is a little bit of a redneck hillbilly and we're both hung over we both are needing a coffee badly like very badly so the first coffee shop we see in the mall is a Starbucks and I'm like no I'll wait for the Tim Hortons I am still that guy that will wait for a Tim Hortons if my op- if I know there's one around if there's not, I'll bite the bullet and have one of those crappy, crappy Starbucks overpriced coffees. But I remember McQuagmire goes in, and I don't think he's ever been into a Starbucks to order coffee before. He gets up to the counter, and he looks at the girl, and he's like, Can I get a large black coffee? Well, if any of you have ever been to Starbucks, you know that is not a thing. So they start going through this big spiel with him, trying to get him figured out for what he wants. That was probably a four or five minute friggin' ordeal to get a black coffee. Which should never be a thing. Coffee's coffee, you want it black, you want it black. Plain and fucking simple. That's why I like my Tim Hortons. They keep it simple. Well, they used to. They're getting a little more complicated with it now, but... Yeah, that was some dead space there, and I really don't care. Because raw as fuck! So, he gets his coffee, pays for his coffee, looks at her like she's fucking retarded, which tells him how much the coffee is. But we walk out of the Starbucks, and he takes a sip of it, and the sour, sour look that come across his face was fucking hilarious. Does he drink it? No. Next garbage can we walk by, he dumps it in the fucking garbage can. Looks at me and says, I guess you were right, we should have just went to Tim's. I'm like, well, yeah. So we tootled around in the mall for a little bit after we got our coffees. Took him down to get his... The tattoo. We checked a couple of the tattoo places there in West Evans Mall, but nobody could get them in. And then I remembered about the little shop on White Ave, and I was like, I bet you Zip can get you in. So off to White Ave we go in this old redneck truck. We go in, we find Zips. He finds a tattoo he wants. He picked it. And the apprentice that zips stuck it. Get it? You pick it. He sticks it. Yeah. So he gets that done, and as we are talking with the guy, McQuagmire for some reason decides to ask if anybody's ever gotten their dick pierced in there. And the guy says, "Oh yeah," or not pierced, tattooed. The guy says, "Oh yeah, we've done it." He says, "But there's a rule." when you get your dick pierced here or not pierced, tattooed if you want a dick tattoo you pay for it up front 
if you pass out, that's it, we're done. Apparently, it's a very painful place to get a tattoo. I don't understand why anybody would want to tattoo their prick, but whatever. There's a lot of people that don't understand some of the tattoos I have. So, McQuagmire gets the, gets his tattoo, we jump back into the truck, and off we go to home. Me and him made a lot of trips to Edmonton over the years. Great times. You'll hear about some of them. I'm hoping to get him on to the podcast one day to talk about some of our stories. But at one time, he lived with me in my trailer and we decided we were gonna go out driving around and having some drinks and one of the little towns north of home had a couple of grain elevators but we decided we wanted to go up to the top sit there have a couple of beers check out the view so we went out went into the grain elevators and if you've never been into the old wooden grain elevators there's a ladder in the center of them that goes up this chute all the way to the very very top like if you know what a grain elevator is look at the windows up at the very very top of it well that's where we were we were up there drinking beer and fucking mcwagmire starts grabbing pigeons because there's pigeons everywhere up there like it is not clean in one of those there's grain dust everywhere there's pigeon shit everywhere but whatever so he grabs a pigeon and sticks it into his pocket it was a sleeping pigeon he picked it up put it into his pocket and started petting it like it was his fucking pet so we sit up there for a while and we climb all the way back down that fucking ladder which probably it's got to be almost 10 stories and we hop back in the truck and off we go well I forget he's got this pigeon in his pocket and I tell him that I gotta have a shit like I said in one of the previous episodes, when my guts tell me I gotta go, I gotta go. So he pulls over right next to a piece of heavy duty equipment. Well, me being the asshole that I am, I walk up the track on this piece of heavy duty equipment, open the door, climb up, have a dump right on the seat. Yeah, I am a piece of shit. Well, I was a piece of shit. Not anymore. Maybe we'll get into that stuff a little bit later. Hopefully I'll be able to have a special guest and be a special guest for them. And you guys will get to hear a little bit of that story of how I became a better person. But, uh, take my shit up in there hop back down, climb into the truck and like I said, I'd forgotten he had this fucking pigeon in his pocket well, I hop back into the truck and he's sitting there petting a pigeon and I'm like, what the fuck? where did that come from? and then it clicked that he stuffed stuffed it in his pocket from up in the elevator 
Then another time, we were out rolling around with a couple of girls, and they had heard us talking about going up into the grain elevator. Well, we were drunk, they were drunk, we loaded our beers up, and up we went. Sent one of the girls up the ladder in front of him, and when they were about halfway up, he let me know that they were about halfway up, and I sent the girl that was with me up in front and then I followed her up well we got up to the top and we were checking everything out showing the girls the view having some drinks well one of the girls decided she needed to uh, suck a dick so one of us got our dick sucked maybe both of us I don't remember if we both did or not but I know one of us did for sure Had a few more drinks, visited up there for a little while. And the backpack that we had that had all our beer in it, we were down to, I think, six beers in it after when we were about ready to go. And I guess it was more like a duffel bag than a backpack. But me and McQuagmire decided that we should start loading pigeons into this fucking bag. We loaded probably between 15 and 20 pigeons into this fucking duffel bag. And they didn't freak out, they didn't panic, nothing. They just got in there, it was nice and warm, so they just were happy. Well, we start going back down, and we're thinking we're going to do the same thing. One of us goes down first, then the girl that we were with would follow us. And I think it was McQuagmire and his girl that went first. Yeah, it was. And then about they were about a quarter of the way down, and he hollered at me, "Come on down!" Well, our thought process was if we staggered each other, because it like. It was like a little friggin' tube, kind of. Like a little square fucking hallway that was just barely big enough for the ladder. You could touch all four sides around. So our thought was, if the girls were right in front of us, if they slipped, we could throw our back out onto the other side of the tunnel, tube, whatever the hell you want to call it, and stop them and not take out the one behind or below us. We got thinking about it afterwards. If the girl that was with me fell and I didn't stop us, we would have tumbled down, taken out the girl that was with McQuagmire and McQuagmire. And being as high up as we were tumbling down that fucking thing, there would have just been four bodies laying at the bottom of this big fucking shaft but that didn't happen thankfully so we get down we continue to just booze cruise around with the girls bullshit talk I don't remember too damn much to be 100% honest with you uh, that's why I need to get 
some more guests. Like, I've gotten a couple of emails from people, a couple messages from people. Oh, I am on Facebook now. Bubs Bubs. And it's the same profile picture as the profile picture on the profile for Tales of a Messed Up Northern Boy on Podbean. Uh, There is also a Facebook page that I have started up that piggybacks off of that. I'm still struggling with some of that. And because of me struggling with that, I just need to say a huge shout out to my bro Dave Welch for the first Facebook group that went up. Or, yeah, it was not, well, I don't know if it was the first or if it's the only one or what, but the Facebook group, Tales of a Messed Up Northern Boy Official. He's been sharing so much of my stuff. Life has been hectic for me. And he's kind of been doing really good with that for me, but I need to step it up and deal with it on my own. But thanks, Dave. And that's just one of the Daves that I know. There are so many Daves. Um, but let's see, what else can I... Oh, fucking McQuagmire. My trailer. We, when he was living there, he had this old pair of holy fucking jeans. Well, he gets the bright idea one day that he's going to turn them into a crazy, crazy short, short pair of Daisy Dukes. It's actually very disturbing for me to even think about. But, like, ridiculously short. Like, his ass was hanging out of them. His nuts were hanging out of them. Put them on and started walking around the house. Or the trailer. But that trailer was one of those types of places where... On a Saturday morning or afternoon when we were all dragging our asses out of bed after a night of partying... I could be in the shower. Uh, McQuagmire would come in and start having a shit while I'm in the shower. And then when my bully was living with us... He didn't give a fuck. I could be in the shower. McQuagmire could be sitting on the toilet having a shit. He'd come in and brush his teeth. We were a fucked up crew of dudes. That's for sure. And I remember... Another time back when McQuagmire had one of his old little imports. And... The hillbilly had the 79 T-Bird... We were rolling down the highway heading into town from out in the area where they grew up. And there was a hill that you had to come down to get into town. Well, it was a pretty decent sized hill. Oh, excuse me. But uh, we're rolling down that hill. They're racing. I think I was with Hillbilly. But there was a set of train tracks at the bottom of the hill. And it was a four-lane highway, so two lanes for each direction. Well, Hillbilly's in one lane, McQuagmire's in the other lane, and we are fucking flying. Well, we notice as we're getting close to the bottom of the hill, there's a train coming, but we'll make it. 
that was our thought. So we're we're racing like they're they're racing, and the train's coming. And by the time we get to, towards the bottom of the hill, even if we had to stop, it was not going to happen. So we go shooting across the train tracks. We thought it was a lot closer than it was. Like it wasn't. It wasn't that we had a half a mile or even a quarter mile. I don't even think we had an eighth of a mile. But we made it across before the train did, and it was a little fucking sketchy. <laughs> Another time, same car that that, that McQuagmire had for that race. Me, McQuagmire, and Funk's little brother. We had left the bar and we were going out to see if we could find a party down this gravel road. And it was January or February. So the weather was pretty shitty. The roads were pretty icy. And we come go go around this corner while McWagmire's cranking on the fucking wheel. Front wheels are turning, but the car won't turn. So off the di- off the road into the ditch we go. Luckily the snow wasn't that deep, and we were able to get the car out. But we had Funk's little brother with us. McWagmire at this point was still scared shitless of Funk because like they said previously Funk was kind of a monster (laughs) and uh, we get out as we're trying to get the car out and we realized that where the car shot in we did end up hitting a little tiny tree when we came to a stop but three inches to the right of the car was a V8 engine block and about six inches to the left of the car was a big cement concrete pillar so McQuagmire was all worried that if we would have hit one of those that Funk would have came and throttled him because he hurt and put his brother in danger um, I know some of you are waiting for the episode with Funk. It is coming. He is dealing with some pretty heavy-duty personal stuff right now. He could be a month or two. We'll probably be over our 1,000 download mark by the time I actually get him on for our 500 downloads. Thank you to everybody. But it is coming. It will happen. He might touch on what's been going on in his life. It's it's bad, but it's good all at the same time. And that's all I'll say about it. Um, yeah. And again, everybody, go over. Check out the Dusty Shed Wood Company. You will be amazed at what you see on their Facebook page and like I've said a million times if you don't see something that you'd like ask if they can do it for you they are incredible at woodworking Um, one of them is a cabinet maker by trade the Dusty Shed Wood Company is done out of their garage in 
their free time. So it's their side hustle. It, what the money they make off of that helps pay for Christmas presents for kids, birthday presents for kids, just the extra stuff. And as we all know now, money's getting tight. So get over there, give their page a like, check out what they've got, send them a message and say, hey, heard about you on Tales of a Messed Up Northern Boy. And that's all you got to do. If you have questions about if they can make anything for you, ask them. But if you're doing that, let them know you heard about them from Tales of a Messed Up Northern Boy. All right? And I guess, what am I at for time here? I bet you I'm longer than what I normally am. A little bit longer, but it's not horrible. I don't know what y'all think of this episode. As usual, everybody, like, share, comment, share it on Facebook, share it on any social media platform that you're on. Look for Bubs Bubs on LinkedIn, on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Tales of a Messed Up Northern Boy on YouTube. Because we are out there on all of that stuff now. Again, big shout out to Russ for that. Thanks for the contribution. And shoot me a message on Facebook. Friend me on Facebook, Bubs Bubs. All right. Or there is always the email option. All one word, tales of a messed up northern boy at gmail.com. And on that note, don't walk a mile in my shoes because that will not impress me. Live 30 seconds in my head and you will understand why I am a messed up northern boy and these are my tales. <laughs>